What's going on? It's the Film Drunk Frogcast coming at you not live from the Frog Quarters in San Francisco. We're living in an expendable city, according to uh, the president. So I hope we don't get nuked because I think that would just be perfect if uh, if if North Korea took out like the part of the country that voted against Donald Trump in overwhelming numbers. That seems like it would be cool for him. Um, anyway, on the phone. <laughs> Joining me, Matt Ufford from SB Nation. Hey, how's it going, Vince? Are you glad? I, mean, I, like, I started you off like, on a real positive note. I said, hey, how's it going? Like, like I didn't know the answer is extremely bad. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, it's mostly bad. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll get, we'll get one of those end-of-the-world uh, orgy parties. Um, also on Skype, Mr. Matt Lieb, a.k.a. Phone Matt, a.k.a. Skype Matt. A.K.A. North Korea, Matt. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> Kim Jong-un is my king. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. If I have to choose between Trump and, and Kim Jong-un, I'm going Kim Jong-un, the DPRK. You know what? I'm down with that. That's the number one anti-imperial estate in the entire world. And I say nuke everything else. Keep it 100% juicy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I am a Juchi. <laughs> I can I can switch from Jew to Juchi. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sitting next to me, my co-host Brendan, the Human Giant. I did that backwards. Nuke me. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/broadcast if you want to donate. I don't know why you would, but it's there. Um, yeah, I feel like um, it's kind of fucked up that that uh, North Korea is talking about nuking the the one place that can't vote. Oh. Which place can't vote? What are you talking Guam. about? Washington, D.C.? <laughs> no, Guam. Uh, oh. I, didn't, I mean, I, there's... I, yeah. That's a bummer. There's Isn't there... A, no, I'm thinking of Samoa. I was thinking of a national park. There's a national park in Samoa. I guess they can have Guam. There's like an airfield there. It's a really good yeah, airfield, I, I heard. Well, they can just have it instead of nuking it, right? Like, we could just give it to them? I don't know if they want it so much as it's like a good. It, it, it sucks to be the place where uh, it's easy to make a point, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, that's a place where we could like drop bombs and make a point." Yeah, but I mean, it would be a weird point because if they if they nuked Guam, I'm pretty sure that they would they we would just nuke them. It'd be a weird reason to start a nuclear war. Yeah, you know over I mean? Guam. Over Guam, like yeah, I mean, if you're gonna nuke something, nuke. Uh, what am I thinking? Seattle. No, 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 no. <laughs> Portland. No, Sacramento. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything wrong with Sacramento. If you could pick a city to get nuked, because I feel like the rest of the country would say San Francisco, which makes me a little worried uh, living here. But if you could pick a place to be nuked, what would it be? Like any city in, in the United States? Yeah, I'll start. I, I'm going Long Island. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, but then you get then there's like the fallout messes with New York City. I know I'm I'm a little selfish in that like you know because I live in Brooklyn. Technically, that is Long Island. So I don't I don't have any. The the Long Island medium would see it coming too. So (laughs) there's that. All the people would you know would would leave first, and then pretty much Brooklyn would bear the brunt of it. I think that I would go someplace um, relatively, like, 
relatively harmless, but oh, shooting. we got a humanitarian over here. No, 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 I, no. I mean, like, like, because we're saying cities. I'm not just like, well, field in Kansas. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with St. Louis. Okay. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. St. Louis is like brutally racist, uh, broken city um, that has uh, just catered to its wealthy people, funneling money away from the city that they all live around. And um, Missouri has been uh, a constant source of racial strife for uh, a century, at least. And right. just, let's just get rid of it, man. Yeah, but and it would be a good... A bit si- like Sorry. an SJW right now, <laughs> and... You know, first of all, we got to bomb the SJWs wherever they're hiding out. Yeah. Uh, so, like, probably, probably, probably Brooklyn. I'm going to be real with you. Brooklyn, <laughs> San Francisco, we're probably number one on uh, on the on the hit list. Brooklyn, but, San Francisco, Portland. I think those are the three. I think those are the first three to go. Yeah. Oh. But what about us? I mean, no offense to everyone on this podcast, but San Diego. Whoa, whoa, would, whoa. That, would that be so bad? <laughs> I I'm not even going to acknowledge that. <laughs> Cuz there's definitely there's definitely people in San Diego who deserve to be nuked, but San Diego itself like let's save let's at least save the the the, the topography of the place. No, San Diego and needs like, a neutron bomb. Yeah. Keep, keep all the buildings suck all suck all the oxygen out. There we go, uh, and, and then we can move good. in. Oh, so but going back to St. Louis, I mean that'd be a good symbol because that is the home of Anti- Anheuser Busch, and that's where they brew America, the beer. There we go. Yeah. There we go. I think that's 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 it's win-win, and furthermore, no more Emos Pizza. <laughs> I don't know what that Just, is. What is that? Uh, so there's this cheese-like substance called Provel that they use instead of cheese. Uh, it's kind of gross. I, we'll just say it's divisive in the way that mayonnaise is divisive. Um, and, uh, yes, people from St. Louis swear by it, and everybody else on the planet is like, what is this disgusting non-pizza? I feel like too many cities have their own style of pizza. I'll, I'll go there. Yeah, and most of it's really good. Like, People always say deep dish pizza is not pizza. Well, it's delicious. Detroit pizza still delicious. New York City pizza just as delicious as Connecticut pizza. It's all it's all pizza. It's all good. Not so much St. Louis pizza. New Haven. New Haven, yeah. Brendan, you have a do you have a city that you prefer to get nuked? Yeah, I'm about there? to I'm about to galaxy brain dead ass. Uh oh. DC. Let's get rid of those bozos uh, in Congress. Oh. No. Oh, no. I think we, think we all yeah. got served. Bring the swamp. Yeah. Nuke the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about this, uh, that even if North Korea did have the ability to nuke Washington, D.C., the fact that it would take 45 minutes from their launch to get to Washington, D.C. would be sufficient time to squirrel away all of the worst people in D.C. into safe underground bunkers, and that really depressed me. Uh, Because, in general, I'm anti-Washington, D.C., but if we're not even cleaning, if we're not even draining the swamp or vaporizing the swamp or whatever the swamp, then I'm, you know, what's the point? Yeah, you're right. We're going to have to do it ourselves, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Who's down for the rev? 
I don't care. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it, and I don't care who hears me. I'm anti all those bozos in Congress. You know, that's yeah. what I was trying to say. I feel like they should go first. Taking a bold political statement. They should be our human shield. Yeah. Our lizard, where, lizard man, lizard human shield. Where do we find all the globalists? Israel. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just find the globalists and uh, and give them a good nuking, right? It's all their fault. Yeah, I don't know what they do, but I don't like it. You know, I, I was reading this. Someone someone tweeted out about uh, when Stephen Miller used the term cosmopolitan, and then like. It was, oh, it was yeah, like yeah. it was like a long think piece on the origins of the word uh, cosmopolitan and about how it's a dog whistle. And I'm kind of just like, all right, have you noticed every single one of these words is basically interchangeable with fag, like cuck, yeah. globalist, <laughs> yeah. uh, cosmopolitan. Yeah. Like, they're all just it's all just like very interchangeable with like a sixth grader calling someone a fag. I called, by the way, I called yeah. Stephen Miller Joe Bluth last week, and I inexplicably said that I'm going to say Buster. Because he looks like Buster. He Blue. does look like Buster. Yeah, but Buster has empathy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Did everyone see the video? Have we all seen the video of the janitor speech? Which oh, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a video of Steve Miller back in high school going, and I don't understand why we have to pick up our trash when we've got janitors. And you just <laughs> oh, hear no. like the booze cascading down. <laughs> soon, oh, no. He doesn't even get to finish the sentence. And you just realize he's just been like this his whole life. Right. Like, you, you, like when you think of where those people started, like how petty they are now. And think about how petty they were when they're doing politics at like the f- student government level. Mm-hmm. The worst part about it is he's been a troll since like the fucking eighth grade. Like that's he never stopped. It's Which, it's never it's never been genuine. It has always been just to be a troll. Which is just like, where are his parents and can we drown them in a bathtub? I is feel, Steve, is Stephen Miller a troll though? I feel like there's oh yeah, you know uh, I, liberal I, Santa Monica, you know, uh, people who probably love recycling and like yeah but took like to the movie fern gully and, and maybe maybe them. we need to like get on the same page with our definition here but i i feel like troll to me that conveys that to a certain extent you don't even necessarily believe what you're saying you're just like saying it to get out of rise right. a rise out of people and I, I get the sense with stephen miller that he absolutely at his core believes all this shit he's saying yeah i feel like he's more like an armand white style contrarian Okay, yeah. maybe so, but I, I mean, I, I got the feeling looking at him doing that speech in, uh, uh, in high school about the janitors that he was very much so trolling uh, Santa Monica High. Like, you know, that was his, <laughs> yeah. the, he, he, you know, that's like a, a liberal West Side fucking L.A. school. And he's going up there and immediately getting booed. I mean, he knows what he's fucking doing. Well, that just explains his success in the current his meteoric rise in yes. uh, in the conservative movement, where the only thing they're about is pissing off libs. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's they, they don't exactly. actually, they don't actually stand for anything. They just want they just want people who have educations to be mad. Which is yeah, dumb because we're not really that easy bummed. to we're not that easy to piss off. Like it's like the easiest thing in the world is to horrify libs. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one thing. People are they're really mad that liberals 
care care about things too much. And I understand there's a fuck girls um, out there, but like the, uh, I can't imagine spending that, that much time uh, thinking of ways to, to piss off an already sensitive people. Yeah. I kind of I kind of feel bad for the Google guy in that sense. I don't know. Am I wrong for sort of feeling bad for the the Google guy? I didn't actually read his whole spiel because uh, it was that Google engineer that like wrote a thing about how uh, I don't even know. I, I got like two paragraphs into it and it was so it was so on the spectrum and just starting Wait, out. What is it? Start, starting out with it. boring plat- platitudes. I th- well, it started out with like a point that wait, wasn't. Wait, wait, hold on, back up. Matt. Do you even know what we're talking about at all? Okay, I, so... I, I don't think so. Okay, so, right, so uh, go go ahead, Brandon. You, you say. Uh, yeah. So a Google engineer wrote a company wrote an email to like was it the entire company or a yeah, big chunk was, of the company? It was on their like private message board kind of thing. Yeah, like uh, Google only message board. It was a ten page screed. Which, I, say in I don't understand how. What does ten page mean when you're dealing with like online? It was probably Google Doc. So it was uh, like okay. uh, yeah, nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it makes just, sense they would use Google Docs. And, right, and uh, <laughs> it was about uh, yeah, basically how like diversity is stupid because of. Uh, you know, and he knows this because of his background in biology and, and uh, women are actually inferior. Oh, and so, yeah, it was just, and um, yeah, I mean, I think the worst thing is like, he, he's basically sent an email to everyone at work with like his own personal views. Like, <laughs> yeah, you dude, never cannot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I just can't think of anything I'd want to read less. Like anytime, like someone gets all earnest via work email, I'm like, Oh Jesus well, Christ. When he started out, I mean, I didn't get to the, any of the bad parts, but uh, like uh, when he started out by basically saying that, like, you know, there are times when uh, a lack of diversity does not necessarily um, uh, indicate oppression, which I think is true. Like, you know, maybe sometimes people don't want to fucking be coders. Like, maybe, you know, I, I, I don't think that's like a terrible point. But, um, uh-huh. but yeah. And then when they fired him, which we all knew was happening, it kind of, I don't know, I have mixed feelings. Because, like, yeah, that was dumb. That's the kind of thing that, that, I would expect to get fired for if it was me, but at the same time, it's just like we've created an alt right. Mo- we've created another alt right monster. Oh yeah, him. You're saying? Yeah, him. Like, there's no way. And there's like certain people that are gonna be like, uh, can't believe. I don't know. I I feel like we've we've created a bigger problem than than we had before. Uh, the uh, the guy got fired too, by the way. Yeah, that's what so I'm. That's, cool. that's what I'm saying. Oh. I, Sorry, I, actually, I I honestly don't have that much of an opinion on it because I tried to read it and like I got yes. I don't know a paragraph and a half in and I was like mm, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's same same. Feel, that's so funny. I got two paragraphs in too and I was just like nah, I don't I don't care. Like just can somebody just sum this up to me in two sentences so <laughs> well, I can move on with well, my life. Did, let me let me. Uh, uh, should I find it? He did. The, he does yeah, the I thing. Mean, uh, apparently, the most I know is that he he basically tried to argue that women on a biological level like can't code. You know, just like something like that. Wow. <laughs> what an asshole. I mean, it didn't start with that. I just uh, I don't know. That's what all the fucking articles said about it. Was that the conclusion it. though? It was on a biological level. Women are they're too irrational to understand. Out of code. I was too fucking bored to read to the end, so I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. He did the thing that all like hardcore nerds do, where they start like anything that they're gonna write with about eleven pages of of like tedious prefacing, and oh. yeah, 
and uh and and i couldn't get past it because i was just like well this is this is boring <laughs> can you just like this should have had uh give me an introductory introductory paragraph that introduces your main ideas and gives me a thesis sentence so that i can choose not to read the rest of it and get the main idea <laughs> well, like, this is what this is why people usually don't post these as Google Docs. They, you know, they post them on Medium and they give them a really clickbaity title. <laughs> he's guilty yeah. of guilty of poor expository writing. <laughs> um. Uh. God damn it. Where is it? Hold on. It's unmashable. I'm trying to find the original. Well, that's the other thing I felt bad about is I just sort of like I couldn't actually read it, so I just took um all the. I took all of the news reports about it at face value, even though that could have just been like clickbait. Like maybe he didn't say all that stuff. I I don't know because I'm not gonna read that entire thing that the dude wrote. Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, seems like it's not worth worth reading too much. It's it, he he got fired for it. So he was just some guy, right, at, at the company. He's like a senior engineer. Like, oh, okay. So in a position of power. <laughs> well, it does have a heading, a heading title called uh, "Biological Character Characteristics of Women." Oh, yeah, cool. that's uh, hey, you know, shit's that's right. One, one of the main theses point. of the uh, of the uh, screed, as it were, is women be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and how can they code that, that's... when they be shopping all the time? <laughs> Men code like this, and women <laughs> code like this. Black people code like this. <laughs> Do you ever notice Mexicans when they be code? They're like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is Google engineer Jojo. Jojo, yeah. Gotta go. Oh God. Um. So, so here's the beginning of Doing it. Broadcast over the phone works every time. Everything's gonna. This is gonna be another great episode. You know what we should do? We should do a broadcast where everyone's on Skype. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, or, or we could do one that's just all in person. Get like five, five of the the most common guests on the mic in your San Francisco apartment, but then have Matt Lieb stand outside the room and yell at the mics. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. You want I me mean, to it just? It would work. Do you want me to try and read part of this, or are you just? I mean, it's pretty now, bad. Can I? Can I? Can I? I know you're kind of shooting from the hip tonight, Vince. Yeah. Can I oh propose yeah. Propose an idea. Oh, absolutely. What, Please produce me. What can we talk about that gives people an escape from the Trump-related headlines and left versus right and, and whatnot? What is in the What is in the broadcast wheelhouse? that is not uh, currently creating hives uh, on my skin right now. Well, two of the things that I was going to ask you about, well, one of them was going to be Game of Thrones because I've been enjoying all of your Game of Thrones wow. uh, report cards. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. yeah. What did so you give the last episode? Uh, well, I, I don't give them report uh, grades per se, but the, uh, the scorecard uh, measures uh, sex versus violence. Um, mm. And I got to tell you, Mr. Lee, it has not been uh, a strong season for sex so far. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've noticed yeah. that, that uh, I haven't seen. I, I don't remember seeing a single titty. Has there been a titty? 
There has yeah. been. We did get to see uh, Cersei's tetes in, I believe, oh, episode three. And um, yeah, yeah, Missandei. And, and Missandei as well. We got to we got the uh, the um, uh, Castrati uh, sex as mm-hmm. uh, that's right. Yeah, uh, our man Grey Worm went went hey, down on Missandei. Lom 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 lom. Yeah, that was uh, good. But no, no stump dick, which I found disappointing. Yeah, they should have shown the dick. I uh, well apparently and I actually it's 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 Game of Thrones canon that they cut off both both the twig and the berries. So right. there's he's smooth like a Ken doll down there. Yeah, I mean Yep. They should have shown the scars though, you know? They should have shown well, like And he's gotta have a hole to pee out of, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Do you think he's always just like peeing on his like pissing on his pubes? Do you think it comes out all weird? Oh, I, does he still have pubes? Because you know he got the the balls cut too. Yeah, do you think it? Oh, oh yeah. But oh, interesting. interesting. Maybe I no, mean, because girls say, girls have pubes. And they don't have balls. There you go. Yeah. What girl has pubes? I never seen a girl with pubes. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't have to pee because pee comes from the balls. Oh, does it? Is yeah. that where we store our pee? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's so, true. Yeah. And girls That's pee true. from their butts. So they don't have to mm-hmm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, maybe maybe that's where he pees now. Yeah. If we die from nukes, I want to go out complaining about Game of Thrones, so I'm going to start. Okay. Um, oh, okay. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that uh, as soon as the the books ended, it, it went from like a show about being uh, about normal people being um, ground up in the gears of the machinery of power to becoming sort of a fan service thing. Um, and and I've accepted that, and I enjoy some of the fan service, and I think this week was kind of a good example of uh, I'm on the record as I don't like the big battles. I think if you want to watch like a big fucking battle uh, go watch The Hobbit and I, I liked that Game of Thrones was never really about that but wait, but this week is the best battle they but ever did. I thought they did a pretty good big battle this week. Uh, one oh, that didn't piss me off that much. Yeah. So uh, I'm I think that you've touched at a, a lot of issues that are going on with Game of Thrones in that uh, as it nears its end, uh, it is this series that was built on defying expectations and fantasy tropes. And now that it has, has built all of the series on killing what seems to be vital characters and surprising you, what's it's kind of boxed itself into... like. A certain number of corners left like there's not so many huge swings that they can pull off anymore and the showrunners have worked with george r. r martin so what we're seeing on the show is basically the the big sweeping are the big plot thrust of what we're going to get from the books so this is how it ends it's just not quite as nuanced as it was before yeah it's like george r. r. martin with like a dumbass writing the dialogue like it's very just like on the nose uh, there's a lot of on the nose dialogue. We'll say I don't, that. I don't read a lot of uh, other Game of Thrones recaps because I don't want them to color my uh, my takes so much. But one that I do, you, read you don't is... want your recaps to be derivative. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, if they're, or if they're derivative, I want it to be by chance. Yes. Uh-huh. But one that I do read because it focuses on. Uh, the book lore and the history like that's been built up is Ask the Maester, 
by Jason Concepcion on The Ringer. He's a really smart dude. And one of the things he brought up was that, like, we have all these, like, great names for battles throughout the years. And uh, the name of the battle uh, on Sunday's episode was Loot Train Attack. <laughs> like, it was... It was on this river called, like, the Black Rush or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, they could have had, like, uh, they could have built it around it being a dragon or, like, the Dothraki's first blood in Westeros. But no, it's the loot train attack. There it is. And that's that's kind of what what we're getting right now because we have, instead of building out, like, two awesome 10-episode seasons, they were like, well, we have too much for one season. But we really don't feel like building out two full seasons. So here's two seven-episode seasons, and we're gonna we're gonna just we got a lot of loose ends to tie up. Let's just fucking do it. And that's why we see uh, over the course of one episode a guy with a deadly skin disease. He's cured. Uh, oh, we need we need to move uh, an army half a continent away. All right, they're there. And it's just yeah, like right. it's, it's all for expediency. It took and Theon Greyjoy like two and a half seasons to escape. Yeah, and now it's just like right. eh, uh, he got out when they were looking the other way. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's. I gotta say, I, I'm loving the payoff. You're, you would. I feel like he would. Yeah, because number one, I'm I'm a shill, and I am ready to like things that the 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 television tells me to like, and. So far, I love, I love this. Is great take. I, yeah, this is perfect. That uh, it's perfect that you're breaking up right when you're giving your your most emotional take. <laughs> He's like an impotent robot right now. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> the fire everyone's and I like the when the big the dragons <laughs> all explosion <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah you just bro you keep breaking up you're like auto tuned it's pretty great. It made you take so much better. I mean we didn't hear what you were saying but it was <laughs> Okay, we'll take your word for it, I guess. The, the fire and the dragons, everyone's moving so fast, and I wa- I'm going, go, go, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like um, Game of Thrones used to be a show that was flipping you off, and then now, like, you know, people are, uh, well, I'll be on text chains about Game of Thrones, and everybody's like, oh, dude, that was the best episode ever! And it's like, yeah, because now it's a show that's jerking you off. It used to be giving you the finger, and now it's stroking your boner. It's like, well, oh, we know what, we know what you like, big boy. Putting that finger in your butt. Hold on. I, I do think that part of what your complaint is there is the Game of Thrones fans themselves, like, reading into the book so much because when it started you had people who spoiler alert had their fucking minds blown by ned stark dying in episode eight or nine of season one and they hadn't read the books and it was like oh shit and now there's this huge recap culture and reddit culture built up around theorizing about where the book can go so now it's not just now it's not just, oh, I've read the books, I know where this is going. It's, we have theorized every possible way that the show can go. So, it, like, 
there's not a surprise to pull because it's all been theorized now. And part of what we're complaining about is the natural arc of what George R. R. Martin has built. Like, it's not that the appearance of, of dragons on the battlefield is fan servicey. The, the fans that are excited about dragons showing up on the battlefield have been watching for seven fucking years waiting for yes. a, a dragon to be used on a battlefield. Yeah, the and... dragon goes boom, boom. <laughs> So, excuse me for being excited, but I've been waiting for this for seven years. Like, there was an entire first season where dragons didn't appear until, like, the last one minute of the first season. Like, it's not built around the dragons. It's built around the characters interacting and, like, all of the best scenes in Game of Thrones are typically between, like, two smart characters just kind of like jousting wits mm-hmm. and that's i think that's i think the what makes this show so enjoyable if it was just yeah. like if it was just Seven. like if it was just like a dragon showed up once a season and burned somebody like that's not enough to jerk off to i'm not watching every single week you know like yeah. on, on the off chance that it's like the once or twice a season it's a big battle scene like yeah. it really it is. For, it is for the most. Thing, I love. I love like Matt Lee saying like, yeah. like I'm preaching at a black church. This is amazing. He's like your flavor flavor. I love it. Um, I just, everything you said, it feels good. You're, so, you're right. I'm. I'm just saying that like so much of this is is what we're seeing is the natural conclusion of some characters. Uh-huh. And it's not strictly in service of the fans. Like, this is what the characters have been building to. If it happens to be pleasing to the fans, well, just, oh, wait, so good. just wait a couple of episodes. Someone's going to get killed, and it, necess- it isn't necessarily going to be a good guy. Yeah, you can't, like, be mad at people. We waited seven years of setting up these dominoes, and now they're knocking down the dominoes. And now the... <laughs> The dominoes is like a Rube Goldberg machine, and you're and and one thing makes the uh, the toast go up, and the other thing the toast <laughs> falls, and then it makes the Those dragon toast. fly, and then <laughs> and then the dragon like burns a hole in it, and fries the eggs, and then the eggs get on the toast, and it's like you can't be like, oh, now everyone's just eating uh, egg toast, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's why we built the Rube Goldberg. Yeah. But I kind of liked when George R. R. Martin would build the Rube Goldberg and then he would like kick it over and and give you the finger. Like that was, that was the stuff that I got off on. Yeah, but you know it's ending now. It's like I, you know, I'm we're finally seeing all the setup come to fruition, and I like that because it's like because it feeds it feeds my soul. The dragon goes boom. <laughs> Fair, well, fair. I feel pretty good about it. Let me put this out there. I didn't like that uh, fucking Arya spends six months at, at face camp and uh, and she comes back and suddenly she's like the most badass swordsman in, in all of the land. But it's not she, just it's not just face camp. She also trained with like she's uh, twelve years old. Serial Pharrell. Well, she's like in the show. She's like seventeen, eighteen now. And Silvio Pharrell. Like it was like the greatest swordsman in Essos. Like was her personal, was her personal uh, tutor in sword fighting. She didn't just lose that. And you gotta like again, there are. It's the, the catch-all. The catch-all phrase I have is like, listen, this is a world that has dragons and ice zombies. You're gonna yes. have to give them. You're gonna have to give them just a little bit of of flexibility on like. 
Hey, Arya's training when the camera is not on her. Oh, don't uh, get me started on the ice zombies. The the armies are moving when uh, when the camera's not on them. You know, they're not going to give you like, and here's a scene where the logistics trains are just slowly moving into the place and there's just some dialogue over it. So just just let some things happen and enjoy the cool things that are good. I, I just... <sighs> Here's my rule I, for anything set in medieval times. No fucking fancy sword play. I don't want to see any goddamn like fancy sword fighting. It's big, it's big dumb meatheads kicking each other with like 70 pounds of of armor on trying to trying to heave like a a, a 70 pound fucking axe around. Like don't don't I, I don't want to see I don't want to see people karate fighting cuz that's Boom! bullshit. Shut up. Shut up. That's, shut up. <laughs> And you know what, Vince? That's a great way to get kicked out the moon door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what? a Game of Thrones burn right that there. That was called. Yeah. That was from cleverness. That wasn't from anybody using like fancy swordplay. You know how people used to kill people in Game of Thrones? They were they they were clever. Like what's his name? Uh, Sir Loras riding the horse with its pussy dripping down, and uh, <laughs> and and, and the, the mountains horse wanting to fuck that other so horse. horny yeah. yeah horse horn yeah like i want to see someone's horse he horny. horned up the horse i don't i want to see a horned up horse and someone horny horses i want to see horny horses and horses getting their head cut off and no karate that does sound good that does sound good no one that, that looks good. no actors that look like they train kendo i fucking hate it yeah, yeah. no horse cock horse cock <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're getting me excited over here. Yeah. You, you sound like you got a good show too, Vince. You should make you should make that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is, you make that show. Let us enjoy a Game of Thrones. Is one of the big takeaways of the battle that this uh, the, the the giant crossbow that they built to be an anti dragon device uh, probably is not as effective as they hoped. Like I, I wasn't no, sure. If, I wasn't sure if they were trying to make it like oh, it really fucked up the dragon and like grounded it, but like. I don't know. I'm not sure if it like clearly conveyed that it could like really fuck it up or not. Like yeah. it sort of just seemed uh, like a little bit of a force. Or did, or did he have... just destroy the only one that they had? Yeah. So so I think we're gonna see uh, well what the main development here is that the next step is that they're going to be using poisoned harpoons on oh, those crossbows. Because that's kinda Kyburn's specialty. Oh shit. Uh, but also, this is like kind of a uh, a pretty big rewriting of of Game of Thrones lore, and that like the whole point of full grown dragons is that their scales are like invincible, like they cannot be penetrated. And now it's just like, well, we just need a so they're like crossbow. they're like the opposite of your mom. Yeah. Hey. Hey. hey, sorry. No, I liked it. It was good. <laughs> Just like your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that the dragon would just sort of uh, breathe fire on the on the on the arrow and disintegrate it. Yeah, because it like turned people to ash. Why not the arrow? Yeah, what's up with that? Fucking log logic, bro. It probably could. I, I think it just you know it just missed it and then it got him in the shoulder. Um, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna have lots of lots of crossbows, and that's when I'm gonna be like, uh oh. <laughs> once they once they have lots of them, 
then uh, you know there's going to be some trouble. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Put that in your next recap, Matt. I, I there's going to be lots of these crossbows, and folks, <laughs> there's going to be we'll trouble. Be like, <laughs> it's going to be. You'll see. Uh, it's um, Vince. It's uh, I will say that it's so much fun to write the Game of Thrones scorecard just because it is basically the culmination of all the years of blogging that like you and I did in the same apartment uh-huh. where it involves a little bit of photoshopping and writing like captions on pictures mm-hmm. and what my one column is is a series of like two to four paragraph like mini essays and I just put it all in one column and like we're like oh this is a recap I'm like this is like eight blog posts just smashed into one <laughs> yeah. about one thing. Uh, I wish I could just make photo captions all day. Photoshops and, and photo captions. It's really all I want to do. Yeah, circa, circa like 2002 to 2003, I just wanted to write captions in Maxim Magazine. I was like, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Don't you miss the days <laughs> when there was like eight news stories and two of them were about Lindsay Lohan's pussy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then you Photoshop yes, Serious Cat on top of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. Oh man, uh, Brendan. Yes, you've been you've been quiet. Yeah, it's because I feel like shit. How come? Why do you feel like shit? Because <laughs> I'm 36 years old and I just went to a bachelor party in New Orleans and it's oh, Tuesday man. and I still feel like shit. So, oh, dude, hold on. I'm I'm sorry. This is not going to be good audio content for the podcast. But but uh, where'd you go? Uh, we went to Bourbon Street mainly. Oh, yeah, I mean, I was like, with, but I was with like seventeen people, you know, from, and it's from, just like from Scottsdale. Oh. <laughs> Most of oh, them commercial man. real estate guys from Scottsdale, by the way. Oh fuck, dude, you wasted a New Orleans trip. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh. Yeah, well, what's like, a good place to go to, in New Orleans? Uh, well, on Bourbon Street, uh, at, right off of Bourbon Street, there's an amazing restaurant called Sylvain, uh, which is they have oh it's so good it's just like modern american fare but they also have uh like the uh what are what uh sweet meats that are like buffalo uh, they have like buffalo uh Ooh. wing sauce sweet meats Do they all got sorts of alligator <laughs> probably can you, can you eat the barbecue alligator <laughs> yes. Is this is this Cajun Cajun Joe? Oh well, yes. Oh. This is crazy, crazy Cajun Joe. <laughs> what kind and of? We, oh. we got alligators. Hey, alligator, alligator Joe, have you have you eaten at Giacomo's? What? Have you eaten you at Giacomo's? Oh no, I never, I never have, I never, I never ate there. It's uh, there's what always there's always a really long line, but you spend uh-huh. the sixty minutes waiting there just drinking abitas after abita, and then you sit down and you eat Ooh, a. F- I drive. I drive abita. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very good car. Oh no, sir. Oh no. <laughs> well, it's time for old. Hey, Jonas, are, you, are you driving off in your beta? <laughs> you yeah. driving off in a fan boat. Lap, lap.
Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, to, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm like too... Like Dixieland I'm, type of jazz. I'm too fucking old for, for bachelor parties. It's official. I'm, so like, is, useless. Is my bachelor party going to suck at 40? I'm not going to go. Does, does it come back around to being cool again when you're, like, um, 45? I don't I don't know. Oh man! I'll tell you in ten years. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, it's like the the thing that sucked too is yeah. There was like um yeah, kind of a bro contingent. There's like you know because there's like a group of people that I didn't really know because it was like my college buddy. So it was like some of the friends he made after college and like um there was a lot just a lot of like that guy in in the in the um sense of um the shots guy. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, like bro, yeah. we gotta do some shots and you know like I'm eating dinner you know like <laughs> yeah. uh, that and then also just a lot like, of the well, like get drunk you don't have to tell me you don't yeah, have to nag me about a, that about was my party. so bothersome of like yeah like why are you telling me to get drunk like I'm sitting here like drinking beer like I'm like do you think I'm not getting drunk you know and there's just lots of like I'm sitting here like keep in mind people I don't know really and I'm catching up with my college friends and then like coming over like dudes I'm just not seeing the level that I want to see like let's get these beers up let's let's come on let's let's do this you know, I'm like yeah, yeah. will you leave me the fuck alone <laughs> you know what I think it is I feel like our we're not uh, partying hard enough here guys put those phones away dudes <laughs> I think our uh, knowledge of what what to do at a party was formed at like age twenty two, mm-hmm. and uh, it's hard to let that go. I think. Yeah, that's or, fair. Or they never they never knew that they had they should let that go. Yeah, I just I tend to take umbrage to to any like mandate uh, in regard to my level of drunkenness. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, uh, especially like. I'm drunk. Like I've been drinking all day. Like leave me alone. It's not like I'm sitting here sipping a, a soda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so like, it's, it's definitely weird being like 36 and going to like the the typical like spots and someone's trying to shove a fucking melted otter pop with vodka in it down your throat. I'm like yeah. this. None of this is appealing to me. Yeah. I'm, I know. I realize that I'm being like the Grinch here, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. These days, I kind of want to just go and like spend way too much money on food and then like pass out from like I a would have food been so happy to go to like a bunch of good restaurants yeah. and like not against hanging out in a bar or whatever but like uh the other thing that new orleans has that i think is kind of weird is they they have bars and then the bar has a stage and then there's just a guy who's up there singing all the songs that are playing over the, the really yeah over the music system and they're not even like the karaoke version of the song it's just like the album version of the song and there's just a guy with a microphone singing along with it Cajun Joe is that, is that you there up there on stage <laughs> what are you what are you even doing up there Cajun Joe does not have great reception right now. <laughs> oh dang. He's got his beater his beater car. It just doesn't have it doesn't have a plug in it. It you know. Nope. Yeah, just sure got all the sugary shots. The the last night I was there, I was just like I, I was getting so tired. I was running out of gas, you know, by like eleven o'clock the second night of, yeah. of uh of drinking and um this woman came up and they had she had one of the big plastic syringes with like a jello shot in it. <laughs> and she's chewing this huge wad of gum and she's like What's up, fellas? Shot. And I said, uh, you know, I'd rather take that rectally than <laughs> than actually drink that. And my friend Sean went, how much for that? And she just goes, 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> she just had that right yeah. there. Yeah, uh, She's probably heard that before. All the bachelor parties come through there. Yeah. I wasn't lying, man. I The thought of a jello shot, mm-hmm. that's not, fucking gross, not, man. Not especially appealing. No. Um, see, I always thought when I was like 22 
I was like, oh, man, uh, we better do all the drugs now because I'm not going to do them like once I get old. But now I'm kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) but now I'm kind of I'm kind of realizing that cocaine is for older people because like you just can't party after like if you actually want to party until the bars close, you kind of need cocaine. Vince is endorsing cocaine. I am. Well, I don't actually really want to party until the bars close. (laughs) Yeah, that's your first mistake. Yeah. I, I no longer even use party as a verb. <laughs> oh. It's so disappointing. Also, our hotel flooded, and I had to go up 17 flights of steps with no AC and Ooh. get all my luggage and then go back down and leave. And then oh. they charged me for that night, and then the hotel they sent me to charged me, and uh, I can't get a hold of either of them because they're just like, everyone's on like vacation Cage, there. Cajun Joe drove off mm-hmm. his beat. Everyone's like, on Cajun Joe time. It's, it's Cajun Joe's vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's cool yeah so never going to bachelor party again okay all right i'll try not to get married ever yep uh, brandon have you considered the fact that you were just at a bad bachelor party <laughs> uh well, I, no i mean i i did i enjoyed it somewhat um yeah besides what i what i outlined i i did enjoy while i was here or while i was there it's more just like uh part of being uh being old and washed is like the hangover that creeps into like the you know tuesday wednesday uh and you're like you realize it all in you've been feeling like shit for a week like i don't know not that into that yeah yeah i I think that just as we get older, like the the bachelor party of a twenty six year old and the bachelor party of a thirty five year old should be different. Like by the time you're thirty five, it's just like listen, I've partied a lot. I'm I'm tired. I know that this is the right decision for me. Like, let's just just hang out in a cabin in the woods and play poker, and we'll drink some whiskey. And then like at the end of the weekend, you know, after we've like grilled enough food and spent time at, like on the dock. Like, then we'll just go back to our worlds and only have, like, maybe a 36-hour hangover instead mm-hmm, of, like, mm-hmm. the 48 or 72. Yeah, you well, get the everyone, hooker that comes to your house. Everyone you was go, my age. Wait, so Everyone was my age, so we, we should have done that. But, uh, no, we definitely had the, the 26-year-old. I mean, like, to the point where I, I turned my phone off because I knew people were just going to get up early and start calling me. <laughs> and uh, everyone got all mad. Like, I showed up at the place where they were eating brunch. Everyone's like, dude. Dude, you're like three hours behind. This is bullshit. Like everyone's like really mad. I'm like, I have that I have a I- young child. I would I, the best. Like I would the thing I was looking forward to most was sleeping in. <laughs> yeah. When I uh, when I get engaged and I have my bachelor party, I'm gonna I'm gonna still be I'm gonna be a sober person, you know, because I'm sober. But I want everyone else to get drunk, and I want to watch everyone else get too drunk. And then I want to watch them fuck. Like <laughs> they all have to, they all have to fuck a hooker in front of me. Indi- individual, like they have to come into the room. Is I gonna be in a different room? <laughs> Watching them over, like uh, I'm gonna have a bunch of screens, like a security guard with a bunch of cameras. You'll be like Sliver, like Billy Baldwin and Sliver. Just watching every that movie. Just watching like, everyone probably. fuck. Like Tom Cruise in Minority Report. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And minority report. Uh, just moving yeah. everyone's moving everyone's fuck video around with your with your hand with your with your like mouse gloves on the grabbing hand. everyone by the dick and moving the screen around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then shooting Leo Crow. 
Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like metaphorically, you know what I mean? Right, right. That's what I call I jacking wanna, off. I want to kill a stranger, is what I'm saying. Cool. I want to kill a stranger because I don't drink, so I, I have to get my rocks off a different way. That's understandable. Because you can't do that shit when you're married, you know? It's your last chance. Mm hmm. You have to kill a stranger then. <laughs> Tame that stranger. Mm hmm. Matt, um, so uh, Game of Thrones recaps. Now you're going to be doing uh, Hard Knocks recaps. Is yes, that yes? I I will uh, unfortunately be be getting off our Skype call uh, in uh, a, a reasonable amount of time. Not like right now, but like uh, in a couple of twenty minutes or so, in order to to watch Hard Knocks and and grab some screen caps. And this is not going to be Game of Thrones level like in depth. Uh, breakdown of, of hard knocks, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. more giftage. I, I just having with what I've been doing at SB Nation, making videos for the last like five six years, I've realized I've gotten out of uh, the writing process a little bit too much, and I really like writing, and writing is super fun, um, and I love battling white noise (laughs) yeah we're gonna edit this out in post don't worry about it sorry guys my uh my my, uh my reception's real bad so what all right so i'm about to i'm about to go over the bridge okay guys okay (laughs) i'm gonna go over the bridge so i'm gonna have to hang up oh all right but it was good talking to you guys. Maybe when I'm done with the bridge, you, I'll call back. <laughs> okay. Hey, and Matt, when next time you rent a convertible, give me a call, dude. <laughs> yeah, you got it. I'll just keep talking to you in my convertible. All right, guys, I got to go fly through this windstorm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. So uh, who is the uh, – so I always used to say that I liked Hard Knocks better than the actual – football season but i feel like the nfl got too involved and it's not it's like it's it's gotten a little um i don't know it feels a little it feels too like, nfl-ified well, yeah it feels like the players are now have smartened up and they're and they're like media trained and reticent to say things that they might have said on camera before well, i'll tell you what i am cautiously optimistic uh, unfortunately this this uh this podcast won't come out until after the first episode airs so i could be very wrong but as of right now, before the first episode airs, I'm a little, I'm a little optimistic that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be way better than last year's LA Rams. Uh, the Rams they were boring, were, man. It was a combination of a boring and uninspiring coach and Jeff Fisher, who got fired and was pointless. Even before <laughs> we're not the going began. fucking seven and nine. <laughs> It's right, bitch. Yeah, You're going the, four and twelve. That was exactly <laughs> Jeff Fisher retired, bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the only thing they had a boring, dumb quarterback. They had zero marketable stars. But what they did that made it worse was they they because I think partially because they were in Los Angeles, they bought into reality television tropes mm-hmm. like. In most most episodes, the team's off in their camp, and it's focused on the team at camp, the coaches reviewing tape of the players, and then you get like a slice of the players' home lives. You know, the the rookie undrafted free agent who's trying to make the team, and his wife and young daughter, he, stuff like that. Los Angeles, the LA Rams had 
they had their quote-unquote star wide receiver Tavon Austin wildly overrated go on a Pokemon Go hunt in a golf <laughs> yeah, cart Jesus. when he had never even heard of Pokemon before. They had two oh, linemen. Oh, really? That was all like... Uh, yeah. That, oh. no, yeah. And they had two linemen work out at Muscle Beach when, like, why aren't you just working out at the Rams facility with <laughs> yeah. all the players? It was all these things that were wildly unnecessary in storytelling uh, in, in a storytelling capacity, they're like, "Oh, we're Los Angeles. Let's let's have some fucking stars show up to to training camp and film them." And it was it was just fake shit. What makes what makes Hard Knocks a really compelling series is they make you invested in people who are about to lose their jobs. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. that's all that like they yeah they give you just enough of the coaches to see how the team is run. They give you just enough of the stars so that you have a sense of familiarity with what you already know. And they introduce you to the people whose lives are going to be lived on the edge of NFL teams and on the, the cusp of roster cuts. And then you can live and die with, uh, that you can feel sorrow when they lose their dream and or, or make their dream. So that's where Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks succeeds. And I think that they're going to get back to that basic recipe this this fall this summer brendan aren't you sad that that's not you like that could that could have been you for like five six more years yeah uh (laughs) no i'm glad because if if it were me then it would have been me circa 2004 and i would have thought i was really funny when i was just making like family guy references (laughs) Oh, <laughs> and so that would have not aged well, and I'd be extremely embarrassed. Oh, I would have been funny at the time. Yeah, probably. You can read the room. <laughs> yeah, it's unfair uh, to like judge a guy, like go back and and read like a joke someone made six years ago, and judge it by like current standards. Yeah, yeah but oh, I feel man. like if you did it, you're you're kind of aware of it more, right? So yeah. you, you like you're probably more embarrassed of it more if you wrote it. That's, you don't yeah, you don't give yourself true. the same that's break true, you would yeah, give yeah. someone else. So I, I would watch it and cringe. I'm sure. So yeah. So who's the team this year? Oh, the Bucks. Uh, who's the like? Bucks. Who are the character? I mean, other than like Jameis Winston. So yeah, Jameis. Finally, a chance to see Jameis Winston in a positive light. Um, <laughs> that guy. That guy just needs a chance to to finally really make him a positive positive figure no um, was, so I, could, got, I could hear the conviction in your voice yeah, as you, you were seem, saying that you seem less than enthused it didn't seem entirely sincere they've got uh, an <laughs> awesome defensive tackle called uh, Gerald McCoy they've got uh, they added Deshaun Jackson in the offseason mm. and uh, he's oh, yeah. a flashy wide receiver and uh, he and Mike Evans are going to be their quality their quality wideouts You've also got, uh, they drafted O.J., I'm blanking on his last name, the Howard? tight end. From O.J. Howard. Florida. O.J. Howard, yeah. Who's the He's coach, like a- though? I feel like the coach kind of makes it. Like, I really enjoyed, um, I, I really enjoyed, uh, wh- wh- who was the old Is dad? Is it Cutter now? Is it Dick Cutter? Dirk Cutter? Uh, Dirk Cutter, yes. Yeah. No, they, who the uh, fuck they fired is that? He's Smith. boring. He's uh, nobody. He's, uh, he's, he's like a- the most NFL 
He's like Mike Malarkey. What was it? Philbin? Who was the, like the, uh, guys? Uh, oh, yeah. Philbin, uh, the accountant. I like, uh, you know, I like I like swearing as much as the next guy. Uh, Dirk, Dirk Cutter is Joe Philbin with hair. <laughs> okay. yeah. It's basically uh-huh. like the, he is, he is white guy NFL coach lineup where you're like, I don't know who this guy is. And you're like, oh, no, he's, he's coached four NFL teams. Well, Philbin um, is fucking, is, is like, Brad Pitt compared to uh, compared to Jeff like Jeff Fisher like Philbin was a character you know he wasn't like a great character but at least he was like mockable like Jeff Fisher wasn't even like mockable he yeah, was, yeah. Well, Philbin was like so you're like he's not really like that is he you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know like every interaction they showed he definitely seemed to be like that yeah and then the he so in that sense I would say he was remarkable and that he was like way dorkier than you would expect whereas mm-hmm. most of them yeah they're just so fucking milk toast. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not necessarily the head coach that wins you over. It's like the defensive line coach right. or the linebacker. Oh, yeah. Defensive coach line or, coaches are always the craziest. Yeah. And, and that's, that was what was part of the shitty thing about the Rams season last year is that they didn't have anyone who was remotely interesting. There's just nobody on the team that was interesting. They had their, their D line coach was a former Marine and that kind of made him interesting sometimes. But it was also blatantly obvious how not su- like he did not have the qualifications necessary for the job. Yeah, like, and then I would like two years if, ago or, or sorry, go ahead. If I had Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn working for me, I would look like a good D line coach too. Right. You know, uh, what was it two or three years ago with the Falcons and Brian Cox was the D line coach? That's <laughs> yeah. what I wanted. Like, Cox. That guy was the best. I mean, he was insane he was like, as a player. Oh, He's when he was still insane. When he was talking about loving Adam Sandler movies, yeah. he was just like <laughs> he was just like describing the plot of various Adam Sandler movies that he'd seen and enjoyed. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I watch Hard Knocks. Yeah. Exactly. And he was he was doing that while smoking a cigar. Yeah, he's by smoking a cigar. Pool, <laughs> you know, like that, that was, and that was a Falcons team coached by boring white guy Mike Smith. But when you have Brian Cox, who cares? Like with was, the most, yeah. with the world's most boring quarterback, Matt Ryan. I mean, oh God, God bless Matt Ryan, but holy shit, is that a boring dude? Um, oh yeah. So who have the coaches been so far? There's been Brian Billick. Uh, Rex Ryan is the star. Rex yeah. Ryan is 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 the alpha and the omega. With like uh, he went off on the team and then said, "Let's get some snacks." Yeah, let's go get a snack. I'm so pissed that Harbaugh never allowed hard knocks. And I know, yeah. I know that was probably like HBO's first choice at the time. Like he'll oh, never do it, but he would be the best. Can you imagine? There's a great book called From Rags to Roses, which is about Harbaugh coming to the Stanford program and, and turning him into a Rose Bowl team. And the accounts of some of the meetings are fucking incredible. Like where he stack ranked the entire team. It's like 100 plus players. Uh-huh. And then he put like designations. They were put into like five classifications. And like the worst was bus rider, which means like all you do is ride the bus. You don't <laughs> yeah. contribute to the team in any way. <laughs> He seems like he succeeds mainly by being really terrible. Yeah, and and so it, and in fact, one of the guys, it was like a starting offensive lineman who ended up contributing. For, this is like during the spring. Uh-huh. Uh, he ended up contributing contributing for them um, that upcoming year and was a good player. But like, I think that was the guy he sort of trollishly did it to, where he was one of the better players on the team. But he was just like, "All right, I'll piss him off this way." And like, apparently, <laughs> like confronted him after the meeting and was like cussing at him. And like, guys had to like hold him back. And then, of course, like goes out and has a great practice. So then, of course, you know, it's like, oh, well, I did the right thing. Fucking genius. Justified doing that. (laughs) Yeah. So who, like, who would be your dream hard knocks coach? I mean, Rex Ryan every year. 
Yeah, but other, other than Rex Ryan. In today's NFL, just and please, and I apologize if this comes off as homeristic. I, I frankly would not want to see my own team on Hard Knocks, but I think Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, because you have a bunch of star players, you always have a bunch of, of training camp fights. Pete Carroll is exuberant and always uh, candid in his own upbeat sort of way. Candid about um, 9-11 being an inside job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, he's less candid about that. He said that (laughs) behind closed doors. But, um, uh, yeah, I I think that the Seahawks would be a really compelling team. Yeah, I'd go with that. that. How Hard Knocks works is that every playoff team can refuse uh, every team that was in the playoffs the previous year can refuse hard knocks. And then if you miss the playoffs for three consecutive years, I think this is these are the rules. If you miss the playoffs for three straight years, hard like HBO and the NFL can force hard knocks to be a part of the game. <laughs> I love that. I, I would go, here's a wild card for you. How about the Giants? Because then you got Ben McAdoo and just maybe being able to see some of the some of the wardrobe choices. Uh, you know, I don't even I, know anything about Ben McAdoo. Well, I saw someone on Twitter described him perfectly, which is he always looks like he's in disguise. Because <laughs> like, remember he grew like the weird beard and mustache, like the Van Dyke beard and mustache in the middle of last season. And yeah. he kind of has like a weird bowl cut. So he was a coach on a team I played on. And I will always remember this for as long as I live. He got on the bus one time and he was wearing khakis. He was wearing a mustard colored uh, turtleneck with a gold chain and then like a mustard colored jacket over it. So like a different shade of khaki. Like, like and John Legend different... La La Land? Yeah, yes, very much. <laughs> and uh, just I hear someone on the back of the bus go, hey, that's a Mac of don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I he's think, he's a very he's just kind of a weird looking dude. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think he's a good coach and he's a good guy. But um, I think he he's a he's like a little interpersonally awkward. So yeah. I think it might make for some some at least more interesting moments than like God, you, whoever, right? Like Marvin Lewis, who's been on Hard Knocks, like boring. Yeah, I mean, um, he was more interesting than Jeff Fisher, which was yeah. insane. Um, do you think that Pete Carroll is our is is the closest thing we have to a, a Reddit head coach? Like he he's a nine <laughs> eleven truther. Uh, I think I, I I heard a solid rumor from someone I trust that uh, they, they breastfed their child until he was like five. <laughs> uh, uh, he seems like uh, and he's got that you know he's got the gum. I feel like he's one of those guys that's like pounding Mountain Dew on the side sidelines for some reason. I I don't I don't know it's. I don't think that any NFL coach is plugged in enough to even give them credit to give them the 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 sort of like internet savvy that I would credit to anybody who's on Reddit. Right. And like say what you will about redditors and their insane things like at least they're plugged in and and diving into theories. At so, least it's an ethos. <laughs> like exactly. Maybe Bill Belichick. But football coaches are nihilists, this. basically. Like <laughs> but I just went through a list of thirty the thirty two coaches and I was like, I don't give a fuck about this guy. I said that like twenty nine times. Like the only I would be down to see Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians is wildly entertaining. 
but everybody well, else, I'd there, be down to I would, see I would have liked to see Tom Sula just like eating eating sandwiches out of the trash can and like yeah, yeah that would be interesting. <laughs> There's a couple of guys that I don't know about the new guys, Anthony Lynn for the Chargers and Sean McVay for the Rams, but. Uh, I, I like Bill Belichick's grumble lordness sometimes. There's, <laughs> they've had a couple of those documentaries like throughout the season, you know, where they follow them throughout the season and, and they condense it down to like an hour. So, yeah. you know, um, it's, they gloss over a lot. But there's one where he, Kraft is sitting in his office and he's just clicking back and forth on a play. And so he's like trying to watch film and Kraft's like asking about the game. And he's like, the condition should be pretty good. And he's like eating sunflower seeds and Kraft's like, what? And he's like, the conditions should be pretty good. And he's still clicking the clicker back and forth. And he's just so fucking annoyed that this owner is coming in, like bothering with whatever he's doing, but he just doesn't care. Uh, so there's something I think to appreciate uh, as far as Belichick goes, uh, even though, Belichick's uh, like the has only been covered exhaustively. He's, he's like the only coach that's like almost fire, that, that basically has tenure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point, yeah. he's he's built a he's built quite a moat around himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, between yeah five Super Bowls and his winning percentage is essentially a hundred points higher than any other active NFL coach um, that's had any sort of like real tenure ahead of an NFL team. Harbaugh would have been fireproof uh, if he had any other fucking owner besides the the idiot Yorks. Yeah. Fail son. That was... See that's uh, and and I, I think Trent, Bal- Trent Balky deserves a, a little bit of credit for that one too. Yeah, and then they got rid of Balky anyway. Yeah, because there were what, only um, when when Jed York realized there were that he was running out of people to point fingers at. He's like, uh, yeah. "Sorry, pal." Yeah, uh, the water's rising. Um, I think uh, what what we're talking about is also you know plays into like why I've shifted much towards watching a lot more college lately because. Uh, yeah, the scandals are more fun. You got Hugh Freeze. Who's that? The evangelical Christian who turns out is just insanely horny all the time. Uh, that's not a, that's just, that's on brand, if anything. Yeah, well, he's like, he's, even for an SEC college football coach, like, extremely, uh, pious and, oh. and, uh, preachy. And, uh, and then, then got fired for, uh, calling an escort, uh, with a, with a school phone. Man, uh, I mean, I feel like that that should be allowed. Yeah, there's just uh, I, I don't know. I think you see a lot. I, I think there's just that's a, really sex negative of that let, school. Yeah, is all definitely. I'm who knew? Who knew that University of Mississippi would <laughs> would be so non-progressive? Yeah, uh, it's a shame. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I just think uh, coaches uh, are maybe a little less uh, wary of the media slightly. I don't know. I you, like I just yeah. think about a guy like Les Miles who was at LSU for so long, like ever being in the NFL. Like I just feel like that would never happen. And, like, why would you well, want that if you were him? Right. He's, I mean, if you're a good SEC coach, you're, I mean, Saban makes, I think, as much or more than any um, NFL coach. And co- NFL yeah, I mean, coaches have, like, no job security. They have zero. It's so, it is really weird where the NFL makes so much money um, that, that, like, there's no... There's no safety net. Like, they get, you know... And it sucks because a GM will know that they have, like... At the at tops two coaching cycles before they get fired, so then they feel pressured to like draft a franchise quarterback, and then like that's how you end up like picking EJ Manuel number eight or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's how these things happen. That's that's how Blaine Gabbert gets picked number five, and <laughs> the, the list goes now on. Francisco Forty Nine er. No, he's an Arizona Cardinal now. We do have oh, Christian Ponder, who is also picked number eight. He's our third stringer. Uh, oh, so 
Uh, you know what? Um, congratulations to, to the NFC West, which is just like collecting top 10 picks from uh, drafts in years past. Yep. The Seahawks got uh, Luke Jokel and oh, yeah. um, some other like, oh, and Dion Jordan from like the 2013 oh, draft. Oh, yeah. He was like the yeah. second overall pick or something, right? Yeah, it was the second and third overall pick, Luke Jokel and Dion Jordan. So bully for them. I'm sure they're going to be great now. Yeah. yeah, but but it is weird because like so, I, I don't know. It's like it's not as if you know. I feel like more now more than it's ever been. It's so the the owner's revenue is so um, f- divorced from the actual attendance. So mm-hmm. if your team sucks, it doesn't really matter. So it's very strange how quickly it seems counterintuitive that they get rid of coaches so quickly and get rid of GMs so quickly. Whereas like I don't know. I feel. It, like just so many of these draft picks are are reek of desperation where it's like fuck ej Manuel's the best guy this this year we got to make it work with him and like i think I, I don't so few people at the time thought that was the right place to pick him and it's like it's obvious that it's not and i, I not to pick on ej Manuel. the same thing happened with with ponder who we brought up i'm sure i'm going off the top of my head there's a million more examples you could pick of guys that like no one ever at that point really thought that they should be picked that CJ high Bethard. <laughs> oh god yeah cj bethard or like christian hackenberg mm-hmm. like you can't read a new york jets column without hearing about like christian hackenberg hit a trainer in the balls with a pass uh <laughs> you know it's like he was early second round pick so my question uh do you think that college coaches put in more hours because it's it's because they're having to spend so much time recruiting or do they put in f- fewer hours because that would be the x factor in I think recruiting takes up a lot more time. I think when you factor in the game planning and the recruiting. Right. Like they have more yeah, job I, security, but they have less of a life. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that whether your NFL coach has a little bit more shine, prestige, fame, and just, and while the job security is worse, there's a little bit less bullshit. You don't have to do, like one of the things that Chip Kelly, ha- Chip Kelly hated about college football was like trying to like, always have to always having to go to like social events to like shake hands with like organ trustees. Mm -hmm. So he hated that aspect of it. So do you hate the bullshit of recruiting and shaking the hands of rich people so that they give your school money? Or do you just want to solely focus on football for a hundred hours a week, 52 weeks a year? Then the NFL is for you either way. It's, uh, a horrible way to live your life. <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, people are like, how come you didn't get into football coaching? And I'm like, you obviously know nothing about football. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the great- only people that ask me that know nothing about football. Reading that, uh, what was the air, the whatever the fucking air raid book was that we talked about a few times. But oh yeah, the smart um, football. Or- no, uh, the perfect pass. Perfect pass. Yeah, and where it ends where he's like, oh yeah, he's coaching for like a, a community college team at the end of the book or something like that. Yep. It's like, yeah, that's just the life cycle of a coach. You, you. It's get a division high, three coach. Yeah, and then, and then division three, and then you just get fucked, and then it's mostly getting fucked. Yeah, he went to Iowa Wesleyan, where that was where he really made his name. Uh, this Hal Mummy, the the uh, who's widely considered the father of the air raid. Then he went to Valdosta State in Valdosta, Georgia. Then he got the job at Kentucky. Uh, then he got caught up with some NCAA scandals. Went under for a while. Then resurfaced at uh, New Mexico State in scenic Las Cruces, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. No, no, keep going. This is the riveting stuff. And then he went to <laughs> McMaster University, where I don't even know where the fuck that is. I, yeah, I don't either. So yeah, that's what you're in for. Yeah, if you want to get into coaching, fun. and that's like you know one of the recognized uh, geniuses. That's right. Uh, my 
my dudes, uh, you guys should keep talking amongst yourselves because that's what you want to do. But uh, I've got an episode of Hard Knocks to go watch and recap for the adoring internet. Hey, keep it real, dog. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's yeah. uh, always good to chat with you dudes. And uh, Brandon, always uh, a pleasure when uh, we can. I can hear your voice across the miles. Oh, look at there's your handsome Hi. face. <laughs> look at that. Look at that uh, that silver, your, your salt and pepper all the yeah. way. I love He's it. He's so distinguished. I'm getting grayer by it the is. day. That's a great thing about having blonde hair. You, you get gray and nobody even fucking sees it. There you go. Hides it just, all. I'm just, just naturally youthful. Day closer yeah. to death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. the sweet, sweet release. <laughs> sweet release. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on. I'll, I'll talk to you guys next time. Anytime. Bye. 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 Let's, let's see if uh, phone Matt is uh, is is still rocking. Flap flap flap. Let's see if he picks up. Hey, <laughs> phone Matt in the house. Yeah 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 yeah. What's up? Hey, buddy. Are you guys still frotting? Yeah, we're still frotting. Damn, you guys just fucking blabber on like a couple of bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a couple of email questions, so I got to play the email uh, theme song real quick. Okay. All right, cool. Shh, starting. Your advice is always bad, but tell me more about your dad. Oh, God, I am afraid Vince hates to art. The email is... Vince hates art. You're so close. Um, <laughs> uh, we got a, a lot of questions about the nuclear holocaust. Oh no! Yeah, uh, Danny Downs from uh, UFC.com wants to know. Hey guys, I know I'm ripping off a Louis C.K. premise, but what is the appropriate of time, amount of time to wait before masturbating after a nuclear holocaust? Is it appropriate oh. to send yourself a self-stimulated? To send yourself to a self-stimulated heaven before Kim Jong-un sends us all to hell? Or should I be more worried about grabbing canned goods and killing my neighbors for gasoline? I mean, it's a great question. Um, I mean, if, if you're going to die anyways, you might as well go out with a bang, if you know what I mean. Like, try to come. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but also, if you jump the gun on it and you come too early... And you're just waiting around, and then boom, like it happens, and you try to like masturbate again before the shockwave hits you. Mm -hmm. If you, even even if you do come, it's not as good as that first come, you know. Yeah, you don't want to die during your refractory period. Yeah, that's a shitty come. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would try and get get some sex because I mean, if you can't get laid when the missile's in the air, when can you? That's a very good point. That's a very good point. But the problem is, is like, like, who you have to like find someone to have sex with, and they and you have to convince them like, no, I'm serious. The world is about to end. I yeah. know this sounds. I know this sounds like just a pickup line, but for real though, it's about to end. We can we please fuck? And then if they're like, no, uh, like the last <laughs> thing you're gonna hear before you die is being rejected. Yeah, I think the problem there is that for a guy, like the last thing you want to do is have sex with a stranger before you die. Whereas for a girl, like ha having sex with a stranger isn't nearly as uh, as edifying. 
Yeah, most of the time I'd say they would rather die. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah, they're like, I want to die feeling having sex with someone I love and feel comfortable with. Not so much. It's, it's more like, ew, no, yeah. kill me. Strange dick, unfortunately, does not have the same cachet as strange strange pussy. Yeah, it really doesn't. It's real, um, real, but, real sad. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, there's going to be like uh, a giant nuclear war um you know maybe step one call your mom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sure step two call your dad <laughs> yeah step step three say all the racial slurs that you've been wanting <laughs> to say <laughs> to who just that god just that god yeah, yeah. call <laughs> Call God the N word. Right. <laughs> no, just like uh, you know, just start start calling the people that you know you 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 know you never really liked. Just like, uh, hey David, I never really liked you all that much. You know, you're yeah. always uh, you're always mean. You know, hey hey Brandon. You know what, why? Yeah, this, yeah, this is Brandon. Hey Brandon. Hey. Uh, you know, I was calling to let you know that I never it was liked just that. I really always like always really appreciated our time together. Oh well, well you're, you're actually say, one of my best friends. Yeah, well, I'm calling to say that I I've well ugh, this is awkward, but also I, I got that. a really big uh, fallout bunker, and I was wondering if you would join <laughs> me and my wife there and all my of wife. You guys are all wrong. I'd be like, women are not genetically predisposed to be good at coding. <laughs> yeah. Can't fire me now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really don't know what I would do if, if like, the with the missiles in the air. I think I would look for a place to hide. And, and that it just shows how pathetic I am. I Like, I'm the person who's, like, you know, I'm trying to live no matter what. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, we got one, we got another question about the nuclear Holocaust. Okay. Uh, Hey gentlemen, Hey gentlemen, since we're about to die, I'll make this quick. Just wanted to ask LA Matt that if we're all going to die, should we try heroin? Thanks in front on. Oh, I mean, God, that's a really good. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I figured that'd be the answer. Well, I mean, here's the thing. If you're only do. if the missiles are in the air, and honestly, if that's the last thing you want to do, that's like kind of you, you have totally accepted that you're going to die. There's that's what you know, and because once you once you do that, you will not care that we're all going to die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So think- you will you will probably also die. Yeah, I definitely want to do heroin as I'm dying. You listen. Everyone will get the chance to because every everyone who's dying always gets a bunch of morphine, and that's pretty much. Yeah, if we die in a hospital. Oh, well, you just no. Every you just carry some on you. Oh, okay. You don't carry, <laughs> yeah, sure. You're not always ready to yeah, die. An EpiPen, but for more morphine. Dude, that's a good invention. Yeah. Uh, we got this one. This this email is from uh, someone got it in late when we were looking for for bad takes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to read the actual take because it's too long, but I, I really liked his description of the take. 
Um, okay. This is from Devin. Uh, last spring, a popular local bar announced it was spinning off a restaurant in West Des Moines called Miso Hungry. The food focus would be <laughs> dot dot dot. Just guess. Yup, chicken and waffles. To make things worse, the restaurant was hip hop themed, and they went ahead and released the worst fucking spray paint and drip logo I've ever seen. In a post-Macklemore age where no one really truly gives a shit about appropriating hip-hop culture, these idiots managed to combine the right amount of tone deference, tone deafness to create something very relatably hateable for the community. Des Moines also has a huge South Asian population, and I'm sure that most of them are sick of mayonnaise fuckboys wheezing me so horny, me love you long time at them. A lot of people let the owners know that, and in the backlash, the original bar's dress code got leaked, which forbids baggy jeans, construction shoes, and plain white tees, which is hilarious, hilariously racist and sounds more like a strip club. Anyways... <laughs> Here comes this libertarian corncob dying on this hill for a restaurant named fucking Miso Horny. Things he mentions to support his argument. Inquisitors, ISIS, the tolerant left, PC police, the motherfucking free market, y'all, and bullying. This is a deliciously bad take, and he doesn't even mention two live crews obscenity trial. An actual goddamn First Amendment case. Uh, There's so many bad takes now that it's just like I, I my tolerance. It's sort of like uh, I used to be into watching bad movies that were so bad they're good. Like you yeah. can kind of revel in it and. Uh, then I was like that with takes for a while, and that, now there's so many that I'm just like I don't have time for this. Like yeah. uh, uh, Matt Taibbi and Alex Perine from Gawker have that new podcast called The Tarfu Report, mm-hmm. and uh, I like both of them a lot, and I think they're really funny. But one of their bits is they inhale helium and read a David Brooks column. Yeah, and um, even with the helium, it's too fucking tedious to listen <laughs> yeah. to. I mean, that's the thing about like anything in the in like the New York Times or the Washington Post. Usually, those are like the worst editorials, and they're just so middle of the road that you're like, okay, yeah. On one hand, How on the does, other hand, who fucking cares? It is astounding. Like David Brooks is so boring and <laughs> right. so like he doesn't. Everything is couched in in uh, like qualifiers. Like now, this may not be true, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Yeah. Like it's so bizarre that he. Uh, evidently has a massive readership because he gets paid a lot to do keynote speeches Dude, and fucking Thomas Friedman wrote a column about golfing with the yogi in Dubai and that was the whole column oh yeah that was bad <laughs> yeah. That's a, that was a bad take so let me just say so this take that he sent us uh, of the libertarian uh, subhead social inquisition of PC police <laughs> Mark's Mark's shift away from tolerance oh god it's like libertarian mad libs Okay, so if we're playing if we're if we're playing libertarian bingo, let me just read the author's uh, the author's bio at the very bottom. Uh, Joe Curtinitis of Des Moines is a conservative libertarian writer and millennial political activist who contributes regular <laughs> columns to the Register. First of all, uh, think keep millennial in your head, and then look at this guy's picture. <laughs> this dude is like forty five. Uh, he's got a circle beard because fucking of course he's got a yep. circle beard. And he's uh, and he's he's trying to hide those forehead wrinkles with with some bad bangs. Yeah. Are you gonna read it or? No, I'm not gonna oh, read okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't see his face, but everything you describe sounds sounds cool. Uh, a 2015 Pew Research survey showed that a full 40 percent of millennials. Uh, M dash my generation M dash support state censorship of speech that could be considered offensive to minorities. Apparently, offending people outside preferred classes is still totally acceptable. Why can't I say the N word? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, will literally die. I will die. 
if we're doing like uh if we're doing like bad take writer bingo mm-hmm. i feel like circle beard would be on there uh-huh. what else you got a bad haircut right gotta be a bad haircut bad circle beard uh well uh b- using bullying in in completely the wrong way right and that they were bullied to change their name or people were le- legitimately outraged. This guy isn't, isn't an example of this, but I feel like taking a picture in front of your bookshelf uh, is a good uh, bad take bingo. Oh, yeah. That's the, good. The, the, like the, that. the author's picture is always in front of a bookcase. Because ta- taking a picture in front of a bunch of books, it shows how smart you are. Well, you have, I mean... I like logic. Logic is in books. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, basically like a gross simplification of the the core uh, conceit which he does very nicely in this paragraph for those who don't know what cultural appropriation is it's the appalling notion that someone of one race might appreciate imitate or use something funny helpful beautiful or productive that someone of another race might have done first yes that is exactly what cultural appropriation is I think yeah. our I think our we saw honey we love you a long time I appreciate you <laughs> and your beautiful culture we uh I think our tiny we played Joel Pee Pee and Calm It's something beautiful about that culture that I want to share with people. Harrow It's just like, I'm being bullied. It's stop bullying it's like these guys are just they their their appreciation of culture is uh is They've got a strange way of showing how much they appreciate. It. I mean, number one on the on the bad take bingo is obviously uh, is one sentence paragraphs. So that's mm-hmm, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's like that's like the centerpiece because it's it's a freebie really. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of this guy's one sentence paragraphs. After all, nothing says tolerance. Sarcastic quotes would be another one. Nothing says tolerance like mobs of angry internet bullies policing your intent. Ugh. Yeah. Um. I think our fatal mistake was was giving the stupid people sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. Once they, I think they it culturally out, they really appropriated it from us. Yeah, they stole. They tried to steal irony, uh, mm-hmm. but they don't quite know what it is. Yeah. It really is amazing. Like it's just it's it's all the same guy. It's like all the same <laughs> fucking person who just has like no grasp of like nuance, zero like emotional intelligence. They got the it's Gorka. So fucking unlikable. They all look like Gorka. Yeah. They're all the they're all the person where like you know, like regardless, like if they're at a party, like you could be, you know, uh I don't know. You could be a blood and there's like a bunch of crips in the corner and there's like this guy and you're like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with those bloods or those crips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like there's just like it does not matter what your, you know, like what, what your beliefs are or anything like that. It's like that's the last person you want to hang out with because mm-hmm. they're just going to like <laughs> they, they do another thing that, that a lot of these get where they just like they get so mad like in the middle. You can tell like in the middle of the column where they're getting more and more <laughs> mad. <laughs> it was like when we were reading that Scaramucci uh, piece of the New Yorker, where it's like he continued to get more and more yeah. worked up. Yeah. Where you just you work yourself up. If you find either of these propositions ridiculous, prepare to recant or risk the kind of public shaming and negative press usually reserved for businesses that sell to ISIS. You got to invoke ISIS at some point. Yeah, that's you have to invoke, really. You have to invoke ISIS. I feel like that's a new uh, Godwin's law is uh, invoking ISIS. Yeah, because like they, they've now they, they've come around a little bit to like okay, I get that I'll get like laughed at if I if I bring out the Nazi comparisons. Yeah. 
You know, guys, we made it through almost this entire podcast without talking about Thick Wife Guy. Do you think... Like, do you think, I think we, that's fine? You, you think that's fine? <laughs> that was the one request we got this way this week was that someone oh, wanted us to talk it? about Thick Wife Guy. But there's, I feel like there's not that much to talk about. There really isn't. You we kind of squeezed that thing dry. Yeah, it got discussed at great length. It got discussed to the point where I, you know, I hadn't, I had not logged on in a while, and <laughs> right. I'm like, why is everyone talking about a thick wife? And then I saw enough jokes that I got that there was a construction of like, I love my curvy wife. And then I could kind of piece together what they were talking about, but it was so far removed that I couldn't find the source mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did finally finally see it, and yeah, there's not much to talk about. It's just like a dude being the most like performatively performatively like, woke dumbass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Matt. Hey, you know what? He loves his he loves his wife. Uh, his name's his name's Trip with two P's. He's from Miami, Florida. Nice. Or at least he was in Miami. I think he's actually he lives in. He lives I think in San we Francisco. found out he's a Mormon who lives in San Francisco, right? Yeah, he lives really? in San Francisco. Yeah. I love this what? woman and her curvy body. As a teenager, I was often teased by my friends for my attraction to girls on the thicker side, ones who were shorter and curvier, girls that the average. Uh, in parentheses, basic, bro might refer to as chubby or even fat. Then, as I became a man and started to educate myself on issues such as feminism and how the media marginalizes women by portraying a very narrow and very specific standard of beauty, thin, tall, lean, I realized how many men have bought into that lie. For me, there is nothing sexier than this woman right here. Thick thighs, big booty, cute little side roll, etc. Her shape and size won't be the one featured on the cover of Cosmopolitan, but it's the one featured in my life and in my heart. <laughs> it's, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's nothing sexier to me than a woman who is both curvy and confident. All right. What so a fucking if you, hero. If you read that whole thing and rewatch the season of South Park where Cartman becomes an SJW, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, I think it was Allison who's uh, who, who tweeted it, and she was like, uh, I know his penis is small, and it won't be the one that's featured on the cover of Playgirl, but it will be the one in my vagina. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm like, what else is there to talk about with no, that? No, yeah, was, not, not, not a lot. It was, it was just... It was just... Uh, it was obnoxious and, right, and rightly dragged. Yeah. It reminds me, like, I, you know where there's a lot of this kind of stuff? That there's the most performative social media platform. Are you ready? You guys are sleeping on this one. What's that? This is LinkedIn. Oh, shit. Yeah. No way. Because I have to go in there for work sometimes, and then I'll just, like, see something in my feed, and it's you like... You can't post your thick wife on LinkedIn, I can, not, not the thick wife, but there's a lot of, like... <laughs> there's a lot of... When I was growing up, uh, a lot of people made fun of curvy bosses. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of... <laughs> I would say a lot of them fall into, like, two categories. One is, like... Um, First of all, no one understands the meaning of the word humble, which is very strange. Uh, and in fact, they think it's the exact diametric opposite of the definition of, right. definition of humble. So, like, they'll have some, like, you know, Q3 client retention award, you know, and it's, like, incredibly humbled to be given this award uh, and, and thankful. And it's, like, a picture of them, like, holding it in, like, front of the office. Right. And it's just, it's very strange. And, like, you know why that I, is? I, I, feel, I feel so much humbleness and humility and just feeling incredibly humble by being given this award as such a great person. And uh, I beat out a lot of other really great people. And all I can feel now is humility and humbleness for my humility. <laughs> I think I think part of the problem is that 
the British have the word chuffed, and and mm-hmm. and, and, and in the U.S., it's kind of a weird word, but I think that's the word they're looking for in that situation. Yeah, I'm gonna start using chuffed on LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, I'm and feeling then, very chuffed. Then the other one is like a fucking like ten paragraph story about like I was at the store the other day and I saw a homeless person and ten and and all he wanted was a bottle of water and ten different people walked right past him. How could people be so cruel? I went and bought him water. Then I went back and I bought him more food. And then he told me he had a young son, so I went and bought him diapers. <laughs> and I think more people could learn from this example. And then there's like like 8,000 comments that are like, here, here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's very Good strange. Job, like, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange. And then I to, get like, a fucking email that says, congratulate Dave on his long, stupid fucking post. Yeah. Uh, Why does LinkedIn consistently send me things to tell me to congratulate people for working at the same job? I don't I don't think they want that. Do you think that, uh, that when people come up with an answer to uh, interview, uh, if job interview form questions that they just write it down on LinkedIn so they don't forget it. Like where someone's like, "Tell us a situation where you faced adversity and overcame it," and then someone just writes ten paragraphs of that mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. That way, they don't have to think of it anymore. Now mm-hmm. it's right there. Read, read my LinkedIn post. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, you don't follow me on Pulse. I forget. I forget which comedian I heard say it, but I was at an open mic where he was like, uh, <laughs> "Where do you see yourself in five years?" And he's like, "Stay." on the flaming ruins of the city (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a Patton Oswalt bit Uh, it does a little bit yeah 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 all right thick wives they're great thick wives everybody give it up for thick wives everybody yeah do you think that we were too harsh in dragging him or were we just right it's always too harsh everyone's too harsh no one should be dragged I I don't know shame is bad (laughs) yeah yeah. Well, just anytime. It's just so weird to me. Anytime someone is, is so lacking self-awareness that they post yeah. something like this and not not like realize how self-congratulatory it comes out like this, how uh, no one gives a shit. We and, we don't we save our most brutal draggings not for someone who's done something like morally objectionable, but someone who's done something like perfectly obnoxious. Like this, there's really nothing like morally suspect about this. It's just like it's perfectly obnoxious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At worst, you could say it's manipulative and self-congratulatory, which are like on the low end of the, like, let's destroy this person scale. Yeah. Well, it's also, it actually reminds me of, um, we, we remember this is a while ago. We discussed all about that base. Uh-huh. Remember that song? Uh-huh. And it sort of I defeats like it. the I purpose like that it's supposed to be this this liberating song because it just talks about how like bad all the skinny bitches are. Yeah. And it's so it's not really like pretty much almost all all, all body positive crap is just telling you that like curves are better than skinny chicks and you're right. like I don't think that this is exactly the message that we were trying to send, right. but okay. So that's kind of what this is, you know, yeah. where it's oh, like sure. and, and it's still like Oh you she's not, oh, you basic dorks like skinny bitches, look at yeah. this. Look at my girlfriend's ass. Yeah. So it's like the so he's he's conflating uh like an like a an acceptance of a larger body with like feminism, which <laughs> right. is like yeah. really stupid. Yeah, also like if you're that if you're that wife, you're like, oh so you love me because of feminism? Awesome, thanks. I'm glad you had to read a book in order to fuck me. <laughs> 
Uh, or it's, it's it's very much like the uh, Ernest Klein's slam poem, where he's like, "I don't like girls that have been told how to act. I like girls with horn rim glasses and uh, who like '80s movies that I also like." It's like, all right. Good job, man. She wants to go watch Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Matt, I would yeah. like to fuck you until we until we get tired enough to watch Battlestar Galactica. And I think it's time to put this podcast to bed. All right. Well, guys, thank you. No, Brendan puts this podcast to bed. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Call 1-800-FRAUGHT for your <laughs> new dinette set. <laughs> I'm sorry. Brendan, you go. Uh, Matt, anything you want to plug besides the new dinette set? Um, I'm going to be at the Punchline in San Francisco from... Let's see. Um, but, 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 uh, from the 16th to the 20th, featuring for Amir K. So come to the punchline in San Francisco. All right. Or, or, or if you're in Santa Rosa, I'll be in Santa Rosa on Friday. Oh, man. Guy Fieri. I hope Guy Fieri comes to your show. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know where it's going to be in, in, in Guy in, Fieri's house. I mean, I know it's at 830. And uh, oh, it's at Redwood Cafe. It's in Flavortown. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's all. It's I at Ace plug. Wasabi's in Flavortown. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, email us frockcast@gmail.com. Vince, what's the Google Voice number? Uh, let's do Patreon.com/frockcast uh, oh, first. Right. Uh, Google Voice number four one five two seven five zero zero three zero. Next week I'll be on and I'll do some more songs. Yeah, we got Ed Zitron. We're gonna talk Lucy next week. We're doing a tease. We usually don't plan a weekend ahead, but there it is. There it is. All right. Well, thanks for listening as always, and until next week, good night and good chins. Bye.